Here's what's coming up on today's show. There aren't required distributions at this period of time, right? But this is when they become available. Um, We're going to talk more about required distributions later on, but um, there's a big difference between being able to take money out and whether or not you should. Welcome to the Retirement Cafe with certified financial planners, Dan Reese and Brent Oliver. At our cafe, we believe your retirement plan should be life-giving and custom-made, just like a hot cup of coffee. Here in mid-Michigan, with an office in Jackson, the Retirement Cafe is open for business. Well, hello and welcome in. Glad to have you today on the Retirement Cafe. We're going to talk about some important ages everyone needs to know in order to have a successful retirement plan. Dan and Brent, welcome in. Why do you guys think this is an important topic today? Yeah, I think, you know, the reality is, is a lot of people think of financial planning as reactive, right? Something happens. Yep. And and there's a lot to that, right? I think it's an ever, you know, Brent and I always talk about planning's a journey. It's not like, you know, something you do and you're done with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think what we're going to talk about today with some of these ages is that some of these are opportunities, right? right? That if you take advantage of, you're going to put yourself in a lot better situation, some of these are punitive. So if, if you aren't paying attention to these, uh, these would be more like deadlines, mm-hmm. then you you can end up paying some unnecessary fees, uh, taxes, or penalties. Yeah, I think it's, you know, what you bring up, opportunities and possible problems. It's good to think about because, you know, it's like a lot of things. Like, as you go through life, if you miss a year, oh, I didn't do that. Like, Brent and I talk about, like, a simple thing, like, hey, there's dates you have to make your Roth contribution by, right? And right. if you miss it, that year's gone. Right. And you look at the value of, of that contribution, maybe if you've done it, and then it can sit there for 30 years. The power exactly. of that, right? You miss it, it's a huge penalty because you just weren't aware, right? right. So that's kind of the reason we want to talk about this stuff. Yeah, and I know that no one wants to pay extra attention to the IRS, and they're probably paying extra attention to us with all the extra agents they've hired. So you want to make <laughs> yeah. sure you get this right, right? So let's talk about that first age milestone that people need to be aware of. So the very first one that we're going to talk, I mean, there's some before this, but we're going to talk about mostly for retirement here. And so it will be age 50. And that's when you can begin, when you become eligible to make so, what's called a catch-up contribution. Yeah, and a lot of people they they aren't even aware of that. Like you know, and so once the year you turn fifty, you could start putting more in your retirement account. So you know, typically, like if you're if you're most people when you join a four hundred one k, they'll say, oh, you can put in you know twenty thousand dollars or twenty twenty thousand five hundred is the maximum right this year, and it changes yep. each year. So you got to pay attention. You know, like you hear us and you get in your head, that's what the number is. It'll change most every year a little bit. But then what? Once you hit 50, there's a little surprise, right? Yeah. So in those types of plans, like a 401k or a 403 or 457, you can actually, in 2022, these are 2022 numbers, you can you can contribute an extra $6,500. So you can contribute a total of $27,000. Yeah, that's huge. And the other thing, which it's kind of separate from this, but important to mention, a lot of retirement plans now have Roth options. So in, in this case, you could put up to $27,000 yeah. into a Roth account in one year. Which can just, I mean, even at 50, with you've still got quite a bit of time for that to compound. That can make a huge difference in someone's income in retirement. Yeah. Keep in mind, you're paying the tax on that money today, but it grows tax-free in a Roth as long as you follow all the rules. You know, take it out when you after fifty nine and a half, some other things, but it's a great opportunity. But some of the other plans have some different numbers, don't they, Brent? Yeah, they do. So a simple IRA, 
you the catch up. We're going to talk about the catch up because you can do the math on the other part. Is is three thousand dollars in twenty twenty two, and your total contribution would be seventeen thousand. So backing into the math, you can start at fourteen. You can catch up for three, and then get to just seventeen thousand. And then traditional and Roth IRAs, if you're contributing to those, the catch up's a thousand, and your total contribution would go from six thousand to seven thousand in 2022. So it's an opportunity again just to get some more money in there. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, if you're wondering, oh, is, how do I know what I have? Like easiest thing is probably to look on your statement, but typically a lot of most bigger companies will have 401ks, and even some smaller companies. But some companies maybe that are newer or don't have many employees will have like the simple IRA, they'll call it. And it generally is right on your statement. It'll say simple on the statement. So if you're wondering what type of plan you have and how much you can put in, that's kind of the easiest way, I think, to find out what it is. Yeah, and I know it's called a catch-up contribution, but I know for even for people that are in good position, it's just an opportunity to save more. So if you are an aggressive saver, this is just a great thing for you both. So. Uh, that's a good one to know. Age 50, the first one on our list. All right. So we know that's a great chance to save, uh, to add to your savings, but what's the next important age that families should be paying attention to? Yeah, this is age 55. And so, you know, a lot of people, you, you talk to them, Hey, I'd love to be able to retire like at 55. But I just had this conversation actually with one of my friends from college. It's, it's kind of an unknown rule, but you know, they're like, I'd like to retire, but man, one of the problems, I'm not going to be able to get my money out till 59 and a half, which right. we'll talk about later, right? Yeah. But maybe not, right? Yeah. Well, there's this rule and what Dan's talking about, and we will talk about that, but at, 50, at 59 and a half, if you take it out before that, typically you have a 10% penalty plus if it's a you know, if it's a taxable account, you're going to have, or if it's a pre-tax account, you're going to have to pay tax on it. So that's a pretty big penalty. Yeah. Um, and so this, this would be good. Like Dan was saying, if you have a need before that time period and to qualify for this, there's, there's some rules here. So you, just because you're 55 doesn't mean you can, you can go start doing this right to qualify. You have to be a U.S. taxpayer, 55 and older and separated from your employer in the year you turn 55 or older. Yeah, so you're saying like, hey, I, I was separated from service at 54, now I'm 55. That doesn't, doesn't work, work anymore. right? No, doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and it has to be your current employer, so it can't be, it can't be a previous, it, previous employer or previous uh, 401k, 403b. Um, so you'd have to, you could conceivably transfer that into your existing one and then when you're 55 and older and separate, then you then you could begin taking these distributions mm -hmm. and avoid that 10% penalty. Yeah. So understand what, you know, the point here is if it's a pre-tax account, which is what most people have, the Roth options haven't been around that long, you're still going to have regular income tax, just like right. you always would. You're just getting the break where instead of having that 10% penalty that you would generally have before 59 and a half, that goes away. Right. And so there's other ways too to get money out of uh, accounts, but we want to just touch on this one because it's important to understand because it, yeah. it can happen pretty commonly. You know, right. we saw a lot of it like with COVID because maybe people retired earlier than they thought they were going to and they weren't quite 59 and a half. So like yeah. one, just a real quick planning tip on this is that say you're 58 and you're going to need money out of those types of accounts for a year or two or until you're 59 and a half. You, but you're like, well, I really want to get my money out of that company plan because I don't love the investments. I want to get it into an IRA. Here's a little tip. Leave enough in that 401k to support those distributions until you're 59 and a half. Then you can take it out of the IRA, right? Right. Without the penalty. Right. And so again, we're we're talking about 
some something that there's there's a lot of stipulations here. So I don't want you just to assume that hey, I'm 55, I can take it out because if you don't do it properly and you're not getting good advice, you can end up hurting yourself. So we want to make you aware of these opportunities, but again, it's not this isn't advice. Yeah, yeah, right? don't take off and do it. I think all this stuff it's really good. Brent's making a great point. Like talk to a certified financial planner, talk to a CPA. If you're anytime you're getting ready to pull money out of any account, you really should get some counseling to make sure that it's you're not going to have a surprise tax wise. Yeah. yeah. So each one of these ages are important to be aware of, but doesn't necessarily mean you have to take action steps, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know you, you talked about 59 and a half a little bit uh, during that one. I guess that's the next age on our list. Yeah, and so we we kind of we kind of gave this one away last time, but this is just if before this, if you take distributions uh, from an IRA or a four hundred one k or four hundred three b, there's that ten percent penalty. Once you reach this age, typically speaking, you you will not have that penalty. If if it's a pre tax or tax deferred, you're going to obviously pay a tax on it. If it's a Roth, you're not. But before this period of time at 59 and a half, you'd have that. So this is a really important one to know for reasons like Dan talked about where, you know, a lot of times people will put off retiring until after this time mm -hmm. so that be, so that they can access those accounts without the penalty. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's funny. That's what my brother-in-law was like. I'm working until I'm 59 and a half. <laughs> that was always his thing. And he did. He, he retired at 59 and a half. I loved it. But, you know, it's really good to understand that. And also another thing at 59 and a half there's a lot of, if you have a 401k, a lot of those plans will actually allow you to roll money out into your own IRA once you're 59 and a half. Not every plan, every plan's different, and there's a plan document that lays out those rules. But it's good to think about that because sometimes we've seen it where the plans maybe don't have a lot of options for investments. Mm -hmm. And you're getting to that point in your life and you've actually accumulated a decent amount of money. And so a lot of people are like, hey, I would love to be able to diversify that a little more, but I can't do it in my current plan sometimes that might be an option. So it's something to check out. Right. And it's important also to know that there aren't required distributions yeah. at this period of time, right? But this is when they become available. Um, we're going to talk more about required distributions later on, but um, there's a big difference between being able to take money out and whether or not you should. Right. Right. Yeah, no, 59 and a half is, is a very important age. And it's one that I guess probably most people are familiar with when it comes to accounts. But you know, distributions before then, again, can be very uh, costly, if not properly planned. So again, lean on someone, a professional to help you with that before you bring money out. Now, the next four ages that you have on here are all kind of lumped together. So this one seems like it might be a little more complicated. Well, it has to do, deal with Social Security. <laughs> no, well, so anything that's yeah. anything with Social yeah. Securities, yeah. Yeah. probably going to be complicated. Exactly. Exactly. So the first one that we're going to start with is age 60. Okay. And so a lot of people may maybe aren't aware of this one because the other ones I think you'll you'll especially if you're approaching retirement, you might have heard of. But at sixty, this is typically when a spouse, a surviving spouse, um, is eligible for social security benefits. So if your spouse had passed away, you you're eligible to, to get benefits at sixty instead of sixty two when you're usually eligible. Yeah, and that's important because sometimes you need it. And I think the reality is, is this gets very complicated. And Brent and I have probably said it on prior shows, don't ever basically implement any social security strategy till you really have talked to people that understand all the options so you're not missing anything. Right. right? This is a great example. Right. It is a great example because the social security should be integrated with your income plan 
and and your tax plan so there's a lot of details that this will this needs to be thought out yeah very well yeah because sometimes you make a choice and it really takes away other options that yep. you didn't even realize were going to be gone because this has changed and, and this is a good example like the laws actually were much more favorable a few years ago and they kind of closed up what many people called loopholes because it allowed you to do some really unique things with social security you know planning which basically allowed you to get more money I mean, at the end of the day, right? Right. So a lot of that's gone. So it's more important than ever to get really good advice around these things. Yeah. So with, with this benefit, you can, you can, if you do take it early, you're going to have some reductions in your benefit. Um, and you may have your own benefit available to you or your surviving spouses. And there are some things that you can do here. And we're not going to get into a lot of the details on that. But there are some things where you can use one of those benefits and, and allow the other one to grow. But again, it's a complicated topic that really is not appropriate for today. Yeah. We just want you to know if you are a surviving spouse, this is a period of time at 60 when you become eligible for those benefits. Yeah, I'd just like to kind of reiterate what Brent was saying is that there's a chance you may have two benefits. And so it's an idea. The idea is how to manage both of those to get the most out of it long term. Exactly. Right. So that next age is 62 with Social Security, and this is what most people think of, right? Because it's like, yes. hey, I'm 62, I can take Social Security. And unfortunately, a lot of people run out and do that without even understanding if that's a good choice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, again, it, this really needs to be well thought out. But And we're going to call it what it's called, but I, I don't like this term. And the closer you get to 62, you, you'll understand why. But the, 62 is the first year that you're eligible to claim your own old age benefit. I love it. <laughs> it's so your old, old age. You can't even, you can't dispute it anymore, apparently. Like when you get there, you're old, according to Social Security. I don't know. Your old age benefit. Yes, that, that's, what, that's, that's what it says. That's awesome. Yeah, so, so workers who have paid into the system for 10 years are entitled to a benefit. Um, that's your full retirement age benefit, which we're going to talk about next. But if you take it earlier than your full retirement age, and you can do that at 62, you will have a reduction. Yeah. Yeah. For most people, like uh, it's anywhere, it's between 66 and 67, and it's on your Social Security statement. Great idea to look at that. Matter of fact, on your Social Security statement, it'll even do the math for you. Yep. It'll show you in current dollars what that 62 benefit would be, what your full retirement age is, and what that benefit would be, and then what it would be later on at 70, which we'll get into. But the good thing is just to understand you're taking a penalty the earlier you take it. And I know the argument people are like, well, it take me too long to make it up. Well, yeah, you need to do a little bit more homework on that, right? Exactly. I mean, that yeah, may not be the case. Yeah. And there's a lot of details that go into this, but that reduction is as much as 30%, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really important to think about what that means, but also what it means in the future, because of cost of living adjustments. Yeah. Each year, the, you get a raise on Social Security, generally, and so, yeah. generally speaking. And it has to do with inflation and the cost of living um, as it increases. And so if your benefit's lower, then your raise is lower every yeah. time, right? Yep. And so you want to make sure that you're really thinking these things things through. Yeah, I mean, you, otherwise you're just, you'd be throwing away money because exactly. there's this exponential growth effect because the raise being a percentage, not a dollar amount. Right. So you really have to understand and how it applies to your overall plan. But the next age is, is 66 to 67, which we just kind of mentioned. That's your full retirement age. So it depends what year you were born. Check out your Social Security statement. By the way, all you have to do is go to ssa.gov, 
you can basically create an account and download your statement. If you're not doing that, I, we highly recommend you do it because it'll have your wage history to make sure that's recorded correctly because that's how your benefits are calculated, right? Yeah. And you can be educated on you know where you stand with that and kind of understand how you're doing as far as one of the biggest assets that you have in retirement. So please, please do that. It's a, it's a huge benefit to stay on top of that. And so the last one, and we've talked about all these kind of as mixed in, is is uh, age seventy, and we're talk we're still talking about Social Security here. So, um, and this is the the longest you can wait to turn on your Social Security ben- benefit and still have it be beneficial for you. Yes. And so you want to you want to make sure that this grows by eight percent after per year after full retirement age. So you can get a big raise each year that you wait. Yeah, and we see more and more people waiting till 70. And let me tell you, I've never heard anybody say that was a bad decision. No. A lot of people might fight it early on or not because they don't really understand. But anybody who delays it is always thinks it's one of the best things that they ever did for their retirement plan. Yeah, it just gives you a lot of peace of mind when you see them, the amount of money coming in. And it takes away some of the stress off your portfolio, yeah. which is really good. Yeah, and I, Dan and I have both seen it too, where maybe there's a surviving spouse with a couple who has waited. And so the hit in your income isn't nearly as much if, if you've had somebody that's waited to take it because the survivor gets that bigger benefit. Yeah, and A lot yeah. of times that's a, a really good strategy to make sure that whoever survives is going to still be able to live the lifestyle that you want them to be able to. Yeah, having that basic really guaranteed fixed income coming in is super powerful. And and I think the best thing to really think about is that every family's different. You know, yeah. we, we talk about this stuff to educate you, but the reality is you really need to sit down with a certified financial planner and figure out, well, how does it work for me? Right. So you can have confidence that you're making a decision that optimizes your situation. Because, you know, we hear it all the time. Well, my cousin said, my brother said, my friend said, and no disrespect to any of those people because, I mean, they're trying to make good decisions too, but this stuff's complicated. Yeah. And it's and it's really good to see the numbers laid out, you know, for you and, and how it applies to taxes and everything else. And so, not just in one particular year, because a lot of times what Dan's talking about that we see is somebody said, well, you know, at 62, I turn it on. That covers my bills, and then I'll take this distribution from this account, and I'm set. Mm-hmm. Well, what about in 10 years? What about in 15 years? What is, what's going what's gonna to occur, and does that plan still work? Because that's, that's super important. Yeah. You, want, you want to have that peace of mind all throughout retirement. For sure. Yeah, that's great information. I'm sure some people don't realize how much thought needs to go into Social Security, but that's a great breakdown uh, there through all those ages. So we hopped around a little bit, but we're going to kind of back up a little bit and go back to age 65, right? That's our next important age. That is a great age when you're when you're in retirement because Medicare kicks in. Yeah. And and Medicare is I mean, I know it gets a lot of negative press many times in the news because you know there are some problems with paying for it, but the reality is is it is an outstanding benefit for somebody in retirement. Yeah, when we run scenarios where somebody retires before Medicare, you realize how huge of a benefit it is because of the cost of of uh, health insurance. Yeah, um, often is it makes it can really make it so somebody can't retire before sixty five. Right. right, just the cost of it alone. So this is a big a big benefit, and this is when families first become eligible um, at this age of sixty five. Yeah, and just just one caveat: if you become disabled, you may have eligibility before that. But we're talking about 
you know, if you're not disabled, just basically you turn 65, you get Medicare Part A and B, right? Yeah. And so B A basically is free with the, with the 40 credits of service, your 10 years of work in, or if you're married to somebody that's done that. Yeah. And Part B right now, what's 100, the base is $170 a month for Part B, right? Yes. And so that's something that you pay for. And that does change, like it goes up with, with inflation. And then typically most people will have a Medicare supplement to go with it. Right. And, and what's great about it is basically about three months before you turn 65, you get enrolled. And don't worry, you'll get bombarded with mail uh, <laughs> with people trying to sell you supplements. But um, the nice thing is once you get on that program, your, your out-of-pocket cost is pretty controlled. You, know, right. you don't get a lot of surprise bills in the mail. Right. And that's really nice in retirement because that's kind of what you're trying to avoid. Exactly. So let's talk. This is one of the, we've talked about some punitive uh, ones. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. So this is really important. Dan mentioned three months before you turn 65 to, to uh, enroll. Failure to enroll in Medicare Part B during your initial enrollment period will result in late fees and yeah. penalty fees. And the problem with these is that um, usually they're not one-time fees. Right, right. They they stick with you for forever. Yeah, it's an increased premium that doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah, and it's I mean talk about punitive. Yeah, and uh, there there are exceptions. So like if you have what's called a qualified healthcare plan, let's say you're still working, or your spouse is still working. And by the way, this again is very complicated. Do not take this at face value. You have to do investigation on your own situation to make sure you're covering this. But there are certain situations where you do not have to sign up for Part B because you have other qualified coverage, and and that's fine. There's no penalty in that case. You you can sign up when that qualified coverage ends, and then you begin on Medicare at whatever current rates are. Right. Right. And so if you if you're continuing to work under those stipulate stipulations, easy for you str- to say. Struggle with that one <laughs> uh, that Dan just mentioned, and then you leave. You could be eligible to have up to eight months after you've left your, your employer in a, in a qualified plan. Um, but again, don't take the word for it. You need to really do your due diligence and make sure that uh, you don't need to do it with that in that three month period yeah. before you're 65. Yeah. And I think best practice, honestly, nobody wants holes in their healthcare coverage. So, you know, you know, as you're coming to an end of a job, Plan ahead, you know, get with people that are experts in Medicare coverage that are independent experts, not somebody selling you something for a specific company generally, because there are different options. There's Medicare Advantage. There's different things that you might want to consider, which we that's not we're going to get not going to get into all that today. But the point is, stay on top of it. So you don't have a hole in coverage. You don't have penalties. Well, I think those the 60s, obviously, we know that's the busy uh, decade for retirement planning, and we see that Med- Medicare and Social Security sure have a lot of important milestones during the 60s uh, and into the 70s there. So beyond that, what other important ages are we watching out for? Yeah, the next one is 72, which is what <laughs> everybody kind of, well, you know, it's funny, it was 70 and a half for years, and now it's 72, and it could change again, but that's required minimum distributions. One of the most important ages in planning, isn't it? Yeah. And this one is, again, super important because if you don't do this, the penalties are extreme, Mm -hmm. right? But this is when you are required to start taking distributions from retirement accounts. So those retirement accounts are IRAs, SEP IRAs, simple 
plans, 401ks, 403bs, um, 457s. So those types of accounts, once you turn the year you turn 72, you have to start taking distributions uh, from those accounts. Yeah, in in the first year, you can actually put it off till until April 1st of the following year. Sometimes there's a reason for that, but keep in mind if you do that, you'll have two required distributions the same year. Because you'll have the one from turning age 72 and then your 73 age will be due by December 31st. And there are use cases where that works. And I'll give you an example. Somebody's finishing up a job and they have, you know, maybe pretty good income. And they're like, hey, I don't want to add that income on this year. I'd be better off taking two distributions next year. Right? Right. But that's only the first time. After that, it's December 31st. Every year you have to have it out. And so it's just important to understand that little caveat. Yeah. And so I mentioned... uh penalties. So failure to take your RMD required minimum distribution is what that stands for will result in a 50% excise tax for the amount that's not taken it's out. Crazy. It's 50%. A lot. Yeah. Huge, huge tax penalty for not getting it out of there. Um, and, and people ask all the time, well, how do they, how do they calculate it? Well, there's a table and in essence, it's based on your age. And so the idea behind it is is that it's it's a number based on your your life expectancy from whatever age you are currently. So in essence, you kind of divide the balance by by that number. So whatever your balance on your account is, December thirty first of the prior year, you divide it by that number, and it gets you a dollar amount that you have to take out. And, and typically, it starts out we'll just call it roughly four percent your yep. first year of the balance. So it's significant, and that does go up slowly every year. So if your balance continues to grow or even stays the same, that number is going to get bigger every year right. of what you have to take out. And it's kind of like an annuity for the government, right? Because yeah. you're, generally you're paying taxes on that. And so um, that's why they make you do it, by the way. Yeah. I, I was asked that question today. Why do they make me take that money out of there? I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> You've been deferring that tax for long enough. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Sam is ready yes. for his payoff. And Which, so that's where that comes talking from. Talking about taxes, mm-hmm. we do have, I would call this like a bonus tax benefit age, which is what, Dan? 70 and a half. So the old required minimum distribution age is now a little bonus age, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So what you can do at 70 and a half is it, that the year that you turn 70 and a half, you become eligible for what's quali- called a qualified charitable distribution. Mm-hmm. And so you can take money out of your IRA at that point, up to $100,000, as a matter of fact, and send it to a qualified charity directly to them. And um, it doesn't increase your taxable income. Yeah. So I'll give you a simple example. We see most often, like we have clients that um, give to their church they go to monthly, right? So, or, or weekly or whatever it is. And so they do that and they have a formula as to how much they give. Well, a lot of these folks, once they turn 70 and a half, what they'll do is they'll come in mid-December and say, hey, cut me a check out of my IRA to my church for my annual contribution for next year, right? Yeah. And so they'll cut them the check They'll take it into their church January 1st and say, hey, here's my 2023 contributions, right, Right. for the whole year. And then instead of paying that contribution out of their regular cash flow that's taxable, they got to pay that contribution directly from their IRA tax-free because it doesn't show up on your tax return that way. And it's interesting because the reason that's become so powerful is because most people can't itemize anymore in retirement. The standard deduction's higher, so even though you're giving to qualified charities, you're not always 
getting a benefit, getting a benefit right? And I use the example of their church, but it's any qualified charity, any 50C3, did I say that right? 503C? Yeah. Something like that. Yes. Qualified charity, it works for. So that's a really great thing that you can use to your advantage to save some money in taxes. Yeah, it saves you money in taxes. It allows you to maximize a gift to to an organization that's important to you. I mean, it's a win-win for everybody. It, it really is. And, it, and it's simple. Yeah. Like, it's not a complicated thing whatsoever. The only thing that we'll tell you, and, and we have seen people miss this, if you do that, make sure you let your CPA know when you file your taxes because you're going to get a 1099 that says so much money came out of your IRA. It doesn't differentiate yet whether it was a charitable contribution or what or distribution or whether it was just directly to you. So they, you know, they don't know that. So your accountant wouldn't know that. So like if you don't tell them, they could very easily record that as a distribution to you, which would make it taxable again. Right. So you just have right. to be aware of that. And so the other part that's important about this is then once you are 72, this does fulfill that required minimum distribution. So if you had to give 30 get $30,000 out of your account, if that was your required minimum distribution for example, and you wanted to send that all to a qualified charity, you can do that, right? That's yeah. not that's not a problem at all yeah. and you've satisfied that that requirement. Yeah, and I think Brent mentioned it, but there is one little other thing that you have to be aware of. You can't process the qualified charitable distribution until you're actually 70 and a half. The, you have to be 70 and a half. So if you had like an, you know, say you had a January birthday, just to be safe, wait till July. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if you turn 70 in January, wait till July and then you'd be safe. Because the, the rule is actually you have to be 70.5 when that distribution occurs. So that's why this stuff, again, yep. we talk about it. Don't wing it. Because you wing it, and all of a sudden you miss one of these little things, and it doesn't work the way you thought it was right. going to. Well, none of us like getting older, right? And we don't usually like counting the ages as we uh, get closer to retirement. But there are some important ones that you've listed out today, and we appreciate the breakdown as always. And as we always do, let's, uh, let's close things out with a, a quick summary for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think the big takeaway is that good planning is kind of a combination of proactive things you can do and reactive things. And understanding some of these ages, you know, and if you threw them out on a timeline, here's where I am today, and you're aware these things are coming up, it allows you to be a lot more proactive for these specific things, right? Exactly. And and that leads to better planning. I mean, it leads to you having the opportunity to take advantage of things like catch-up provisions or maybe getting money out of a retirement account a little earlier than you thought you might be able to without penalties. Whatever it is, it, it allows you to, to make better decisions, Right. And that's why we did this. We just want you to be aware. And like Brent said, this isn't all-inclusive. There's some other ages, too, but these are the big ones that we felt like would be most you know, advantageous to talk about today. Uh, but be proactive and, and work with a certified financial planner because, generally speaking, like we get notices on every one of our clients when they approach these ages. But we have it set up in a computer program because it'd be hard to keep track of otherwise, yes. right? And so we know when these ages are coming up so we can re- reach out proactively and let them know, hey, this is coming, you know, be prepared. So that's our best advice for today. Well, guys, we appreciate it as always. If you have questions, log on averywealth.com or you can call the office at 517-783-1695. All right, guys, appreciate all the insight and the breakdown today. And I look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Thank Ben. You.
Avery Wealth Inc. is a registered investment advisor registered with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training, and the content of this communication has not been approved or verified by the SEC or by any state securities authority. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information about Avery Wealth and its services. It is not intended to offer investment advice. Investment advice will only be given after a client engages our services by executing the appropriate investment services agreement. Information regarding investment products and services are provided solely to read about our investment philosophy and our strategies. You should not rely on any information provided on our website in making investment decisions. Market data articles and other content in this podcast are based on generally available information and are believed to be reliable. Avery Wealth does not guarantee the accuracy of the information contained in this podcast. Avery Wealth will provide all prospective clients with a copy of our current form ADV Part 2A disclosure brochure prior to commencing an advisory relationship. However, at any time, you can view our current form ADV Part 2A at advisorinfo.sec.gov. In addition, you can contact us to request a hard copy.